The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Monday morning. Yes, the socialist holiday known as Labor Day. That's what you're experiencing today. So if you're happy about that, you're happy about socialism, <laughs> whether you know it or not, okay? And we're going to talk about some of that this morning, not necessarily socialism, but the way the, that, that lawlessness creeps in. You said, what are you talking about, Tim? Well, God established certain holidays, didn't he? Uh, certain certain feast days and things like that is to give us a picture towards Christ. There's no question of that. But man has taken that a step further and just created his own holidays. In spite of the fact that God said, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, neither you nor your son nor your daughter nor your maidservant nor your, nor your male servant nor your female servant nor your cattle nor the stranger who is within your gates. And he reminds us to go back 
to the beginning, where God created the heavens and the earth, right? And he said, he said, he did that in six days, and then he set aside the seventh day that he rested, and he set the example for us. So, <clears throat> just to let you know, you're you're enjoying a socialist holiday if you're celebrating Labor Day. Just tossing it out there. I'll, I'll leave a little link in the archives um, just to demonstrate that. Uh, if you're if you're interested in reading it, that's not really what I'm focused on Labor Day. But anyway, there there you go. Uh, if you'd like to check us out online, please do so. Sons of Liberty Media, Sons of Liberty Radio and also Sons of Liberty Media in fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio, head over there and uh, to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Scroll down on the right side of the page. You'll see us streaming live. And uh, Bradley should be on today, I think. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> um, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. He hasn't told me he's not. And they've got a couple of days left at the Minnesota State Fair. So if you're out that way in the area of the Minnesota State Fair, stop by and see them. I think they said they're on the east end of the Grand Strand. Uh, Grandstand. Grand Strand. That's what we call Myrtle Beach down here. Uh, Grandstand. Um, so be sure to stop by and say hello to the crew there from the Sons of Liberty at the Minnesota State Fair. Just a couple of days left, I think. One or two, something like that. Um, also, right above that is the area where you can subscribe to our email newsletter. You get one email from us a day. No renting, no selling of your email, no spamming, none of that stuff. And that includes the morning show archive. So all the stuff that I'm going to be talking about today will be in that archive. If you say... If you say, Tim, where can I see that video? Where can I find it? It's in the archive. <laughs> all of it's in the archive. I promise. I put them all in there so you can go do your own due diligence. You can look it up. You can see it yourself. Okay? All right. And uh, finally, if you agree with our message and you would like to help us, we never ask you for money. We don't do that. Bradley was hitting on that the other day. I think it was on Saturday or Friday. We don't ask you for money. But it does take money to do the things that we do. That's just the way it is. We're not asking you for a private jet, although I'm sure Bradley would love to have one of those, having to drive everywhere he's going to avoid the mass mandates. We don't ask you for any of that stuff. We don't ask you for, you know, any, we ask you to pray for us. That's a biblical thing. Um, and if you believe in the ministry and what we're presenting, then please take and uh yeah i haven't even got around to posting on the other sites bethany sorry about that on the clay clark thing i will i promise i will do that today um i got so busy with other things and so i haven't got to put up the clay clark thing so i will have that up today no matter what i it may be late but i'm going to get it up and i may even put it as an archive in there because he did have some good things to say about prepping um food-wise, and also gold and silver, which, you know, we've talked about on the show many times. So, yeah, I will have that up, the Clay Clark interview. That will be up at sonsoflibertymedia.com. I don't know that it will go on the radio live. It may. It may go on. I may go ahead and put it on there since we did it as part of a radio, but it wasn't really a full thing. So that'll be up later. The donate button is at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Make a one-time donation or become a daughter, son or daughter of Liberty monthly uh, partner with us. And then also our store, real quickly, let me hit this. <clears throat> We're highlighting the You Can Run Winter Cap, okay? They call them winter caps. North and South are just two different animals. <laughs> we got this a toboggan down here, okay? And I know up north, toboggan is something like sledding or something. I don't know what the deal is there. Anyway, I think the Southern people got it right. I'm just saying. <laughs> but they got a, we, got, we got the You Can Run Winter Cap, okay? And these things are, boy, if you're out in the cold... You, your head is not going to get cold in these things. I'm telling you. I got the Sons of Liberty one. I can't. I almost can't stand to wear it. It's so warm. 
and at least in the house. And like when I'm, you know, I get cold. I'm getting older, so I get cold easy. Um, these things will keep your head warm. There's no doubt. But you can get 20% off of these this week only through Saturday midnight when you use the promo code FALL20, F-A-L-L, the number 20 in the checkout when you put these in your, your cart. FALL20, you get 20% off. All right? <laughs> toboggan. No, a toboggan. Boggan. Say it with me. Boggan. Toboggan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm having fun with you guys this morning. Anyway, let's get to our topic today. <clears throat> this is um, this is something I came across. Many of you, you know, we've talked about when we've had Dr. Kevin Corbin on, which we, you know, we had him on. It's been some time since we've had him on. We had him on Saturday with Kate, live from the beach, by the way, uh, <laughs> out there surfing or doing whatever he's doing out there. And he was talking about the AIDS issue, the crisis that came about in the 80s. You guys remember that, those of you who are old enough to remember it. And that was when the marketing plan, by the way, came about to change sodomite, queer, whatever, to gay. It was to market it to the American people. And so what they did was they used those who were getting AIDS, um, which were largely in the sodomite community. They were using those people to generate sympathy from the overall population. And so they inserted the term gay, which was a, a normal term to be used as somebody who was happy. That's what it meant. That's what it still means. They're, they're perverting the, the language. And I've told you time and time again, when socialists come in, how do they advance their agenda? By changing the language. By changing the language. And you can see it through a multiple of... The different words that have been changed. One is, obviously, they take the term sodomite and they change it to gay. Another one is they, they take away adultery and they call it an affair. See, that doesn't sound as bad. They take away liar and they change it to, he's telling an untruth. He's telling a falsehood. Now, those things are true, but it doesn't have the sting as it does when you say, you're telling a lie, Right? They don't have the same. So those are just a couple of examples. There are many others that we could go through. But that's what the socialists do in order to advance their agenda. And when they start doing that, then people start thinking different about stuff, and then they start treating it different. Now, we're going to take a look at a biblical example of a man who failed to correct his own children. And by his children, I'm not talking about little toddlers. I'm not talking about teenagers. I'm talking about grown men that were his children. He failed to correct them. He failed to discipline them. And they were engaged in lawlessness, like the most offensive kind of lawlessness. They were doing it in the name of God, among the people of God, and they weren't corrected. And because they weren't corrected, they continued to engage in more lawlessness. But before I get to that, as always, I want to take what's, what's going on, what's happening right now, so that it makes sense to those who may be unbelievers, as well as believers, to say, you know what, the Bible hasn't missed the mark at all. Yeah, sure, it may be 2,000, 1,500 years, more than 2,000, 3,500 years old in its writings. is still very relevant today, very relevant. So over the weekend, <clears throat> I pulled up some stuff here for Dr. Fauci. 
because Dr. Fauci is the guy who's sort of at the center, at least in the United States, of all of this mess. Okay? Um, and frankly, I don't think he's that smart of a guy. I really don't. Uh, I think he's kind of like a Donald Trump. And I don't think Donald Trump's stupid, don't get me wrong. But I think he's sort of the front man. He's the P.T. Barnum of the NIH. He's the salesman for Big Pharma, for the CDC, and all of that. That's who he is. And Dr. Fauci, we know, has pushed for mask wearing. He's pushed for double mask wearing. No scientific evidence for it, but he pushed for it. He has pushed for people to get the shot. Uh, The shot which he took on national television, we're told, but the next day he didn't even know which arm he had gotten it in. And I've, I've got the article for that. I'll try to remember to put that up so you can see the video side by side of what happened. He got it in one arm. Then he went on a, a, a news show on CBS on the next day and said, oh, just had a little soreness in my arm, patted the other arm. Which tells you he didn't get a shot. He just didn't get a shot. Okay. But did you guys know, and I think I've made mention of this on the show before, Dr. Fauci and company did this about 10 years ago. They used the swine flu issue. And they failed then. They are they made a little more progress in this one. There's no doubt about that. But they're failing in this one because they lost a narrative like, I don't know, a year ago for anybody who's been paying attention. Let me play you a little excerpt. This is about 10 minutes or so. This is a decade ago. This is Fauci and company, the same people who have not been dealt with, okay? This is them doing this, and I'm going to take you back even further in just a minute. This is uh, Tony Fauci and his gang pushing the shots on the people, just like they're doing right now. Doctors in Canada are being told to stay away from a batch of 170,000 swine flu vaccines following six reports of allergic reactions. The vaccine in question was produced by GlaxoSmithKline, which insists none of the other vaccines it has distributed around the world need to be pulled. Analysts say GlaxoSmithKline stands to make more than $2.5 billion in sales in the next six months from the swine flu. And that's before the company introduces its latest product, a protective face mask. The company makes the second biggest selling drug for people who have caught the H1N1 virus and is working on a vaccine. Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, is joining us this morning. Dr. Fauci, good morning. Good morning. What is your best argument for the vaccine to people who feel that the chances of me or my child getting severely sick from H1N1 is so mild that I'm not willing to take a chance with a vaccine that is brand new and may have long-term side effects that we're not yet aware of? Well, first of all, if you look at what's happening with the with this pandemic right now, we're seeing that the susceptibility to not only infection, but also to the complications of infection is skewed very much towards young people and pregnant women. Pregnant women have a four to six times greater probability of getting into serious trouble with influenza than people who are not who are not pregnant. And if you look at the history of these vaccines. And also, I add to that, I insist on repeating now, this that is the one father has to of the, the modern-day vaccines, this guy right with here. a drug or a vaccine He's under deposition over a right period here. of time, not simply what is in the FDA package circular. So are you saying that the 
we should, instead of relying on clinical data, placebo saline, inert placebo-controlled studies, we should just rely on the experience. Well, uh, isn't it true that there's a lot of people out there? In fact, you've, you've said a lot of, uh, used a lot of adjectives for them today so far, who are out there and say that their experience is that vaccines have caused all kinds of serious adverse reactions. You said brand new vaccine. This vaccine is made exactly the same way as we make seasonal flu every year with decades of good safety experience. <laughs> we so make seasonal flu. Did you catch that? Health officials around the we world. We make seasonal flu. We don't make a flu seasonal flu shot. We make seasonal flu. Millions. They introduced emergency measures and spent in excess of $20 billion on vaccines. France is one country feeling the prick of embarrassment. Officials spent a staggering $1.25 billion buying 94 million doses of H1N1 vaccine. So far, only 5 million have been used. Now the country, like many others that bought big, is trying to sell off surplus stock. Never before the search for traces of a virus was carried out so broadly and intensively. Besides, many cases of death that happened to coincide with seropositive H1N1 lab findings were simply attributed to swine flu and used to foster fear. Does that sound were simply attributed familiar? To swine flu and used to foster fear. <laughs> to foster fear. To foster fear. To foster fear. But it hasn't been the killer some predicted. Look, they were passing out masks then. As compared to more than 250,000 people die of seasonal flu each year. Dr. Vodag says the H1N1 vaccine was not sufficiently tested and was needlessly exposed to millions of healthy people. Drug maker GlaxoSmithKline have responded by saying... Allegations of undue influence are misguided and unfounded. The WHO declared that H1N1 swine flu met the criteria for a pandemic. Change the definition of pandemic. Change the definition of pandemic. Responding to it has required unprecedented collaboration. As WHO has stated, legal regulations and numerous safeguards are in place to manage possible conflicts of interest. Once again, as pharmaceutical companies are being accused of hyping up a false pandemic, the Council of Europe is putting the virus on its winter agenda, which is now underway. The COE's head of health also claims the World Health Organization colluded with major drug companies and charged or changed the definition of pandemic. Changed the definition of pandemic. Changed the definition of pandemic. Just like they're changing the definition Vodark of vaccine. Says it ensured maximum profits, but no risks for the firms. Now countries like Britain, France, and Germany have stockpiles of vaccines lying unused as infections spread far less than the panic surrounding it. And now let's hear from Dr. Wolfgang Vodarg, who's in Strasbourg. Hello, Dr. Vodarg. What's your evidence that drug firms created a false alarm over swine flu? The WHO has installed a private-public partnership uh, with the pharmaceutical companies uh, um, eight years ago. They started, and it seems that the pharmaceutical industry is very, uh, is, has very successfully influenced the work because they made a lot of profit with two false alarms of the WHO. First, it was the birds flu alarm, which It's not a conspiracy theory. It birds is a conspiracy. Let's that, change that definition. spread from one human being to the it other. And the second now was the swine flu alarm, which was uh, just a normal flu as we experienced every year, even milder than most of the years. And nevertheless, they succeeded to make such a big marketing out of it, using scientifics who were at their hand and using uh, our governments, impressing them that they made contracts uh, with marketing commitments, which cost us billions worldwide.
Yes, the WHO had a definition of a pandemic, and a pandemic is something very special, which is a big morbidity with a, and a high mortality. And uh, this was in the de definition before, in 2004, 2005. You can read it in the WHO uh, websites and in the papers. And uh, this year, they suddenly dropped those two characteristics. They said nothing about the severeness of the disease, which is spreading, and they said nothing about uh, the mortality, which is... Uh, which is very uh, essential for such a definition. And as the WHO was at the trigger to give the alarm for all this which was prepared before, the WHO uh, is the institution which has the biggest responsibility in this uh, case. They continued even telling us that there may be a second wave, that there may be a second wave, that there may be a second wave, although that, some guys? other institutions Does that sound already had familiar found out and had documented that, for instance, in Australia, where the winter is long over, there has been none, and there is no scientific evidence for a second wave, so they continue selling their drugs. And no WHO scientific helps evidence even for some the first wave, institutes if you ask me. This too. And it is irresponsible, it's unresponsible, uh, because people are vaccinated uh, without and needlessly and it makes it it's criminal it's not effects. irresponsible and it's it costs criminal. a lot of money but uh, i think the side effects and the giving children to vaccination which is not necessary when it's even not proved that the vaccinations of children help something and the vaccines are not tested with children so there's so many things happening and who is just covering all this and saying this is a good thing it's incredible what's happening yeah it is incredible Doctors what's in happening. canada are oh, being Lord, told i hit the thing i'm sorry um, it is incredible. Now, guys, that's 10 years ago. Does any of that sound familiar to what you're hearing today? Of course it does. Second wave, third wave, fourth wave, got to get vaccinated, got to get the children jabbed. You know, this is one of the things, boy, I tell you, let, let me just put, put a plug in here for Kate. Many of you don't speak to Kate offline. And when I speak to Kate offline, you know, she presents herself very strong, and she is a strong woman. There's no doubt that the Spirit of God is using her. There's no doubt in my mind of that. But when I talk with her, sometimes she is just beside herself as to what's going on. She knows what's going on. But it's like the reality sinks in. This is not just on television. This is happening in my backyard. And so this is why she's out at the different places at Brighton and other places and going around and trying to save people's lives literally with information and has gotten at least two vaccine. Well, one shut down early and appointments canceled and another one they shut down before she even got there. We, we saw that on Saturday. She's not getting paid to do that, folks. She's doing that because she believes it's the right thing to do. And I want people out there who are bad-mouthing her, like Mariana Spring over at the BBC. Yes, you, you non-journalist, useful idiot, who keeps wanting to make your, your, your fame off of interviewing Kate's son without... Why don't you... Why don't, if Mariana was honest, why doesn't she bring Kate and her son on together and have her challenged? Like Proverbs says, let one guy say what he's going to say until he, he sounds right until his neighbor comes along and challenges him. If Mariana was a real journalist... Why not bring them together? Let's see what the truth is. All right, Sebastian, show us the text from your mom. But she doesn't do that. She doesn't do that, and she's in need of repentance. That's, that's the reality. So I played you that. <clears throat> that's 10 years ago. So what does that put us at? at around 
2011, 2010, somewhere in there, okay, with the swine flu stuff. And most of you, I'll guarantee you, never even heard that, never even heard any of this. You heard something about swine flu, but you weren't following any of it because it had no impact on your life. There wasn't any mandates, no mass mandates, none of this stuff, right? Let me take you back 20 years prior to that. Same Dr. Fauci, same guy, pinned this article here, the acquired immune deficiency syndrome, the ever-broadening clinical spectrum. See here? Pinned by none other but Anthony S. Fauci, MD. Here's the abstract. You can read the full text. I'll have the link up later. The acquired immune deficiency syndrome is characterized by a severe and apparently irreversible acquired defect in cell-mediated immunity that predisposes the host to several opportunistic infections and or unusual neoplasms such as Kaposi's sarcoma. I really need Suzanne this morning. (laughs) These are some words I'm not familiar with. It has attracted an extraordinary amount of attention, interest, and concern in the medical community as well as among the general public. Indeed, the concern is justified since we are witnessing at the present time the evolution, it's not evolution, of a new disease process of unknown etiology with a mortality of at least 50% and possibly as high as 75% to 100% and with a doubling of the number of patients afflicted every six months. Now, listen, this is supposed to be a scientific paper. This is the, um, let me bring this up. This is the Journal of American Medical Association. This is supposed to be scientific. And what we have is him saying, it's possibly this. No, no, no. Real science says this is definitively this, and this is how we know because we can prove it. Let me ask you something. How many of you have actually heard on the coronavirus conviz 1984 stuff? How many of you heard definitive statements? When you go back and you play the clips, they always say it might be, it may be, it's possible. That is not science. And I'm not a scientist, didn't spend a night at a Holiday Inn Express, don't play one on TV. But real science goes to what they can actually demonstrate, what they can prove. Okay? By the way, just to reiterate, the Convids 1984 never been isolated, never been purified, never been through the process. It hasn't. Sure, they've used computer models. That is not the same thing as isolation. It's not the same thing as purification. It didn't go through Cox postulates. We've been through the Look, I'm not a scientist, but I can see what Cox postulates is, and it didn't go through that. This is what Dr. Andrew Kaufman was so adamant about, and Dr. Thomas Kaufman, that they put it in writing. And we even have a journalist who has put up more than a million dollars, guys, for anybody who can show that it has been isolated. So far, no takers, and that was back in April. For my friend Dave, who I've cut off from texting because he spam texts me, frankly, I want to think he's controlled opposition or some kind of co-intel pro or something like that. But the fact of the matter is, if you got the if you got the information, Dave, go collect your one point two million dollars or one point seven, whatever it's equivalent to, one million pounds. Go collect. 
But you can't because you don't have the information. So here's Fauci writing about AIDS, okay, and saying, check this out. You're going to love this. He accused children of spreading AIDS in 1983. This comes from True Defender, uh, Margaret Taylor. Listen to what she had to write. During the 1980s AIDS crisis, Anthony Fauci, a rising star in the National Institutes of Health, the NIH, bureaucracy promoted a false and unscientific hypothesis that children could spread the disease within their families through close contact. According to Great Game India, the, which has, un, uh, you know, Great Game India doesn't get a lot of credit, but boy, they've uncovered a lot of stuff even throughout this whole pandemic here. Okay. The media rapidly spread this disinformation, causing a national media frenzy and public hysteria. On May the 6th, 1983, Fauci published an article in JAMA, that's the article I just showed you, <clears throat> Network, the American Medical Association's monthly open access medical journal, in which he promulgated this false theory about a new discovered little-known syndrome. He also mentioned in that article that the journal had published a study documenting one of the first cases of immunodeficiency disease in an infant in the same issue, increasing the possibility that routine close contact, such as within a family home, may spread the disease. Researchers conclude the disease can be transmitted by sexual contact and blood transfusion. However, if non-sexual, non-blood transmission is plausible, the magnitude of the syndrome may be enormous. Fauci continued, AIDS takes on a whole new dimension, fueling confusion and alarm by placing a more theoretical spin on his hypothesis. The media jumped on Fauci's claims and took action almost immediately. See these useful idiots in the Mockingbird corporate-owned media? They jump on whatever they say because they're out to promote the fear. I don't know what it is about fear in men. They want to eat that garbage. They just want to eat it. And I've had people tell me, Tim, you put out fear. You, 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 you put out fear porn. You put out... No, wait a minute. If I put something out to where something sounds scary, the reason I put it out is so you can do something about it. Not so you can run from it, so you can run to it, and so you can charge the gates of hell, as it were. I'm not out to scare anybody. I realize that men are conditioned for that. You know what? Headlines are conditioned for that. I'm just going to tell you, I'm in conservative, quote-unquote, conservative media, if you will. Let me tell you something. You can write the best article with the most information you can write, and if you've got a terrible title for it, if you've got a mundane title, nobody's going to read it. That's just the way it is. I'm I'm telling you right now, that's the way it is. But every title I put on an article, do I make it provocative? I'll tell you. Yes, I try to make them provocative. But I try to make them provocative in the sense that they are communicating the truth. My titles are not done for clickbait. They are to get you to read the information within. Okay? I'm just being transparent here. I realize, (laughs) I've been in this a decade, I realize what gets people to click on something and read it 
and what doesn't. And I always use the truth out of what's in there. In fact, I had a Thomas Massey, Congressman Thomas Massey, uh, one of his assistants called me up one day, and they said, hey, can you change the title on this because he didn't say this? And I said, well, where are you reading that at? And they were reading on another site that picked up my article, and they changed the title from what I had, which was a direct quote from Thomas Massey. And I said, you're going to have to call that site because I, did, I don't own that site. That's not my article. Or it's my article. It's not my headline. I quoted him verbatim as to what he said. And it was provocative enough for people to read it. And she was thankful that we put it out there. She just wanted to make sure that it said the right thing. So she went to that site and had it corrected. But I realize what's going on. I know exactly how this, how this all works. I really do. Most of you do, too. I don't think you're stupid, those people who listen to the Sons of Liberty. I don't think you're stupid people. But here, here let me finish with this, this little article from Margaret Taylor. The media jumped on Fauci's claims and took action almost immediately. Fauci's hypothesis was deceptive, unsupported, and quickly debunked, just like this narrative with the coronavirus. It was discovered that the infant infection described in JAMA, on which he based his theory, it's a theory, it's not science, involved vertical transmission from mother to child during pregnancy. Furthermore, HIV, the virus later connected to the cause of AIDS, is only transmitted through contact with contaminated body fluids such as blood or through sexual contact, according to medical and scientific consensus. However, the damage had already been done. Hundreds of newspapers published Fauci's deceptive hypothesis, and the media vigorously worked to raise awareness about the spread of AIDS through everyday communication. You know what? People who weren't doing intravenous drugs and who weren't sexually promiscuous weren't even at risk in this. Well, let me change that. They were if they had a blood transfusion. And I'm going to throw this out here. We've talked about not mixing things, and i got to tell you, my mind has went to, you know, I used to give blood. And i I, I got to tell you, I really struggle with that in light of what God says. Are we really helping people with that? Because you can't have people who've, I mean, I remember, look, I remember in high school when I used to give that, the Red, uh, the, the Red Cross used to come in, take blood. We'd get out of school, right? And, um, you know, at that time, I had, uh, I guess what you'd say, an athlete's blood pressure kind of thing or whatever, but I smoked. And um, I'd go have a cigarette and I'd come in and I'd, Go give my blood. And they would specifically ask you if you've been tattooed within the past, I think it was like six months at the time. I think that's what it was. Or if you'd had sex with a man, if you were a male. It's pretty incredible how we've gone from that. That was in the 1980s to where we are now. It's, it's pretty incredible. But here's the thing. They put all this out. They put the fears of transmission just like they're doing now. Oh, you can you can sneeze, you can breathe on somebody. That's why you have to have the mask. The mask doesn't stop anything. And you got a social distance, and you got a. Uh, it's just it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous the things that people will fall into that they will buy and be deceived by the pharmacia, Revelation eighteen twenty three. Their drug use. And let me just throw this in here for good measure. Isn't it interesting 
that the very things that God has given us on this planet, on the earth, have been demonized, have been criminalized, and yet the stuff that is synthetic, that is man-made, is the very things that are being pushed on the public. But they're not, they're called drugs, but not in a bad way. They're a good drug. And I'm talking about plants. And people have been killed over plants. Plants, people. And I know some of you still are in the brainwashed prison of thinking somehow marijuana is worth, yep, they ought to kick in the door on those people. Yep, they ought to kill those people over that. What in the world are you thinking? What are you thinking? Meanwhile, the same government that is after plants, whether it's a coca plant, whether it's a a marijuana plant, whether it's a hemp plant, or whatever it is, they're against that, what comes out of the ground, which God created, or, and at the same time, they are for synthetically made medicines. They don't like to call them drugs, but they are drugs. Medicines. They're for that. And it must meet the FDA's approval, which is unconstitutional. We have no provision in our Constitution for science or health by the federal government. But yet they establish the FDA, they fund the NIH, they fund the CDC. All of it is unconstitutional, it's criminal. Okay? And you say, well, Tim, aren't you doing what you and Bradley talk about where you're magnifying the crimes and not the law against the crimes? I'm going to show you that in just a moment. I'm, br- I'm building up the crimes so you see how big they are because they haven't been dealt with, and then I'm going to bring you back to the law. Okay, that's how I do things. Now, Margaret Taylor is not the only one to write about Fauci and this issue here. There's a guy by the name of Philip Magnus. He's written a great article over at American Institute for Economic Research. Now, this is back in February of this year. And here's how he puts it. In May 1983, amid the rapidly escalating AIDS crisis, a doctor of the National Institutes of Health promoted a stunning theory about the newly encountered disease in the Journal of American Medical Association, the very article I showed you just a minute ago. Noting that the same issue of the journal contained an article documenting one of the first cases of the immunodeficiency disease's appearance in an infant, the author sounded an alarm about the, quote, possibility that routine close contact, as within a family household, can spread the disease, end quote. Now, here's here's what I want you to see. What did we read about, what was that last, last week we reported, where a mother, her rights, some court somewhere, said, you don't have any rights because you haven't been vaccinated. We're going to take your children. Let me tell you something. These people are asking to be killed. Did you hear what I said? Guys, this is not a video game. This is not a reality TV show. This is your life. I don't know where the men in this woman's community, I'll have the article up. I'm going to try to pull up the article, remember to pull up the article and put it in the uh, archives. I don't know where this woman lives. I I forget the the area she lives. Where are the men in that area to stand up to say, no, they're going to surround the house and they're going to stop anybody who tries to take her kids. I want to know where you are. 
I want to know where your where your money is with your mouth where your mouth is. Huh? You talk about being patriot, Second Amendment. This is what the Second Amendment is for, guys. When you have a corrupt, tyrannical government wanting to take people's kids because they didn't get a shot that they're pushing on for a fake pandemic, let me tell you something. If you're not man enough to go and gather your other friends and stand in front of that woman's house to protect her and to protect her kids, you're not a man and you're not a patriot. Don't even call yourself one. It makes me mad. It makes me really mad that people let that kind of junk go on. Is that where it was going on in Illinois, Cook County? I'm not surprised at that. Men all over Illinois ought to flood, they ought to descend on that lady's house to protect her and her children. The armed ones, not the disarmed ones in Cook County. The armed ones. Against the agents of the state. And yeah, a lot of Cook County cops, let me tell you something. You guys have been engaged in being agents of the state for a long time. It's time you put that off. It's time you repent. That's not all, though. That's not all. Check this out. At the same time, Fauci is pushing that kids can somehow pass on AIDS. (laughs) Okay? A theory. It was a conspiracy theory. But the media didn't say Fauci was a conspiracy theorist, did they? Nope. He's telling us the truth. So we have from Spin Magazine... 1989 feature, Sins of Omission. I just, I'm just i going to read this, and I'm going to put the link up. You guys can read the article because it's super long. Okay, But this lady named Celia Farber, it says she was the editor and frequent writer for the, of the column and unearthed hard evidence of the cold-bloodedness of the AIDS establishment pushing a drug that was worse than the disease. Does that sound familiar to you? Does that sound familiar to you? A a remedy, a drug, a poison that's worse than the quote-unquote disease. Check it out. It killed faster than the natural progression of AIDS left untreated. AZT had been abandoned had been an abandoned cancer drug discarded because of its fatal toxicity. Resurrected in the cynical belief that AIDS patients were going to die anyway. So trying it out was sort of like playing with the house's money. Because the drug didn't require the usual massively expensive research and trial processes, does that sound familiar? Operation Warp Speed, Donald Trump. See, Donald Trump is in on this. I don't under, I, I'm going to tell you, I don't understand some of you people out there, you Q people, and I, even, you know, look, I like Stu Peters, the stuff he, the people he brings on and stuff, but I don't understand your thoughts with, well, Donald Trump was doing something good. It was, it was really, it was really coordinated, and boy, it makes me feel better that he said certain things about pushing the vaccine. What in the world are you drinking? What are you smoking? What, what, what world are you living in? This guy has been the biggest pimp since Fauci in the 80s for AZT. He's been the biggest pimp for this deadly poison they want to shoot into people's bodies. Because the drug didn't require the usual massively expensive 
research and trial processes, having gone through that years earlier, it was insanely profitable for its maker, Burroughs Welcome. It was a tragically perfect storm of windfall profits, something to pacify AIDS activists and the media. It makes you feel good. Makes you feel like you've done something. And a convenient boom to the patent holders for HIV testing. And you know who pushed it? I'll give you three guesses and the first two don't count. Dr. Anthony Fauci. That's right. He was engaged in promoting something that would kill the people. And he knew it. He knew it would kill the people. But he didn't care because there was a lot of money involved. He's a drug hustler, a drug pimp, and nothing more. That's what he is. You say, Tim, why are you bringing this up? Well, I'm going to show you. And I'm going to give you an illustration of a man with his kids. And I'm going to bring it back to Dr. Fauci. Okay? This is from 1 Samuel chapter 3. You guys remember the story of Samuel? Most people, even unbelievers, remember it because they've probably heard it. Samuel goes and he lays down. He's a young boy. Remember his mother, Hannah, was, was barren, right? She, her husband, Elkanah, he, he went in and, and he, he, he had two wives and he really, loved, uh, he really loved Hannah. He would give her a double portion of whatever the things that he had. And Hannah was heartbroken because she couldn't have children. And she went to the temple and she was, uh, she was praying. So much that Eli, the priest, thought she was drunk. But she was just heartbroken. She couldn't have children. And the Lord heard her prayer, and she became pregnant. And who did she have? Do you remember that? Samuel. She had a son named Samuel. And she promised the Lord if he would give her a son, she would give him back to him. And so when Samuel was at a young age, I think it was 12 years old, she took him before Eli and submitted him for the work of the Lord in the house of God. And one night, little Samuel went to lay down. And he heard a voice saying, Samuel, Samuel. And he got up and he thought it was Eli. And he went to Eli and he says, you called me. What's going on? He goes, I didn't call you. Go back and lay down. And it happened a couple of times. And the third time, Eli got some understanding that it was the Lord calling Samuel. And he says, look, go back and lay down, and when you hear it again, you say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. This is where we're going to pick up in this passage. You're going to see the correlation here in a moment. This is 1 Samuel chapter 3, beginning at verse 10. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever. Listen. For the iniquity which he knoweth. Because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli, that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. In other words, there ain't no repentance coming to his house. I'm judging it. 
And Samuel lay until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. He's a, he's a little boy. In that culture, he would have been right at the early stages of being a man, 12 years old. And Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, here, I, here am I. And he said, what is the thing that the Lord has said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee and more also, if thou hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. It's like, just give, me, give it to me straight. Let me hear it, the good, bad, and the ugly. And Samuel told him every wit and hid nothing from him. And he, that's Eli, said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. And the Bible tells us that Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did not let any of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Now, that's not the end. So he lets him know it's going to happen. That word that Samuel gave to Eli went out through all of Israel. Because Eli was not restraining his sons. His sons were acting abominable, to say the least. They were laying with the women uh, when they were bringing their sacrifices. Uh, you want to talk about Second Peter chapter 2 kind of stuff? You want to talk about some debauchery? His boys were engaged in it, and he didn't restrain them. He didn't even speak to them about it. Just let it go on. And that's why there's judgment. We come over into 1 Samuel chapter 4. Let me tell you what happened. Verse 5, And when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted with a great shout, so the earth rang again. And when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, What meaneth the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews? And they understood that the ark of the Lord was come into the camp. And the Philistines were afraid, for they said, God is come into the camp. And they said, Woe unto us, for there hath not been such a thing heretofore. Woe unto us, who shall deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? These are the gods that smote the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. See, they were aware of what God had done. They were aware. Be strong and quit yourselves like men, O ye Philistines, that ye be not servants unto the Hebrews, as they have been to you. Quit yourselves like men and fight. And the Philistines fought, and Israel was smitten. And they fled every man into his tent, and there was a great slaughter, for there fell of Israel 30,000 footmen, and the ark of God was taken. It was taken. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were slain, just like God said. And there ran a man of Benjamin out of the army and came to the Shiloh the same day with his clothes rent and with earth upon his head. And when he came, lo, Eli sat upon a seat by the wayside watching, for his heart trembled for the ark of God. Not for his sons, for the ark of God. And when the man came to the city and told it, all the city cried out. And when Eli heard the noise of the crying, he said, What meaneth the noise of this tumult? And the man came in hastily and told Eli, and Eli was ninety and eight years old, and his eyes were dim that he could not see. And the man said unto Eli, I am he that came out of the army, and I fled today out of the army. And he said, What is there done, my son? 
And the messenger answered and said, Israel is fled before the Philistines, and there hath been also a great slaughter among the people, and thy two sons also, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead, and the ark of God is taken. And it came to pass, when he had made mention of the ark of God, that he fell from off the seat backward to the side of the gate, and his neck brake, and he died, for he was an old man and heavy, and he had judged Israel forty years. And his daughter-in-law, Phineas's wife, was with child near to be delivered. And when she heard the tidings that the ark of God was taken, and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed herself and travailed, for her pains came upon her. And about the time of her death, the women that stood by her said unto her, Fear not, for thou hast born a son. But she answered not, neither did she regard it. And she named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory is departed from Israel because the ark of God was taken and because of her father-in-law and her husband. And she said, the glory is departed from Israel for the ark of God is taken. And you say, what does this have to do with Anthony Fauci? Let me tell you. If you don't deal with sin, which is transgression of the law is what John says, you only embolden the sinner. What's happened from 1983 until 2021? with this man, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Has he become a better man? Has he repented? Or has he engaged in, continually engaged in his deception and his murderous actions? They are murderous. The Old Testament, uh, Exodus 21, verse 12, gives the death penalty for engaging in the things that Dr. Anthony Fauci has engaged in. The death penalty. Not, not years in prison, not the rest of his life. Death penalty. However you want to do that. Rocks, a 22, stretching the neck. We're not playing games here, guys. America has tolerated the crimes of Dr. Anthony Fauci for four decades at least. And what have we done? We have reaped the whirlwind of his deception through the pharmaceutical industry and the murder of our people from children to the elderly. I want to know, when is enough enough, and you're going to bring real justice, people of the United States? Huh? When are we going to bring justice? Because that is the thing that's left off here. And you can see it, the longer you let this guy go, the more crimes he commits. And it's going to be that way, until we bring justice on his head, and those around him who have facilitated the murders. Plain and simple, that's it. Right? You guys have a great day. Bradley be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. We're also on beforeitsnews.com, dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty, and Twitch at News Tycoon. See you tomorrow at 6 a.m., Lord willing. Adios.